the Gospel of Matthew was written around 85, give or take a few years. Probably written in or near Antioch. Now, at the time of Matthew, uh, Antioch was the capital of ancient Syria. Uh, it's now in modern-day Turkey, sort of the south-central part, very close uh, to the coast. The original city of Antioch was destroyed in an earthquake, but it's there to be seen. This passage we have today from Matthew is sort of a transitional passage. Matthew has two parts. In the first part, Matthew is telling his readers who Jesus is. And then in the second part, he begins to talk about, so what? What are the implications of Jesus being the Son of God? And so he begins to talk about discipleship. But sneaking into his gospel are some historical moments that predate Matthew and their current events for Paul. And Paul has written you know, a good 30, 40 years ahead of uh, of the Gospels. Uh, Paul was writing before even the Gospel of Mark was written. But there were some terrible things happening to the Jewish population. And even though those things had long since passed, the bitterness that was experienced, it, it still sneaks into the Gospel. And at the, end of Mark's, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, he gives us what's called the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and baptize all the nations in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But here we are halfway through, and Jesus says, don't go to all the nations. Just go to the lost sheep of Israel. That, it, that, that notion of the kingdom hasn't expanded. But there's, there's a little bit behind this. Why does he not, at this point, start saying this message is for everybody? Because Matthew has to deal with some historical leftovers, some bitterness. In the day of Paul, the Jew, the, those who had followed Christ and were trying to follow Christ, they still considered themselves to be Jews. They still would meet in their synagogues, they would still go to the temple, and initially no one really particularly cared. But they were preaching this message of Jesus was the Messiah they'd been waiting for. And they were winning over converts. And the problem is for, that was starting to be created is this was extremely divisive. And it was setting people against people. You know, even Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace on the earth. I came to bring fire, to set father against mother and mother against daughter. You know, we hear that division stuff. Well, that's a reflection of what was going on and what had gone on. Because of the divisiveness of this message about Jesus and the fact that it was spreading, they began a process to expel what the Pharisees would call all of the cults out of the synagogues and out of the temple. There were other small groups as well. The, these, they were not called Christians yet, but these followers of Jesus there were other groups too, but the Pharisees were trying to take Judaism back into a more pure form. So they began to expel 
all of these people from the synagogues. And those who professed Jesus were not allowed in the synagogues, not allowed to go to the temple. And it really started creating a problem. And the bitterness got so bad between those sticking to the Judaism of the day and those trying to follow Jesus, the bitterness started seeping into bloodshed. That, you know, it, this was bad, and it was really hurting those who were trying to follow Jesus. So what began was they began leaving Jerusalem. And by and large, they migrated to Antioch, where eventually, 30, 40 years later, Matthew will write his gospel, more like 40 or 50 years later, um, Matthew will write his gospel. It was okay for them to go to Antioch because it was a Greek city, and as such, there were all kinds of gods. Nobody cared that they were preaching about this Jesus Christ crucified or Jesus Christ risen from the dead. It's just, their minds, just another god. So they could live there in peace. And it's from Antioch, Paul, after his conversion, he ends up in Antioch. And so Antioch becomes sort of the headquarters of preaching the word to the Gentiles. It's from Antioch that will happen. In one of the biggest moments of this persecution of being tossed out of the synagogues was the martyrdom of Stephen. Read about in Acts. And who's behind that? Paul. So they're leaving. Fleeing might be another word. Now, in the same time period, with politics being what they are, uh, the Jewish people got tired of being subjugated to Rome. So there began this independence movement. And little by little, they began rebelling against Roman authority. And it will come to a head in 70 AD in what we call the Roman-Jewish War. But as that war was growing, and as it was getting closer to Jerusalem, then the followers of Jesus truly fled and, and migrated again almost exclusively to Antioch. So everybody was leaving. Now, the war would finally, we hear about Masada, you know, that's part of this war. Uh, eventually, the Romans would conquer Jerusalem, they would level it, and they destroyed the temple. That happened in 70 AD. And Mark's gospel was written probably around 69, just before that happening. But here we have this community of faith whose grandparents have been persecuted. Some of them might be old enough that they had been persecuted, tossed out of the synagogues, not allowed to be part of their ancestral faith anymore. War broke out, homes are destroyed, there's nowhere to go back to anymore. And the bitterness was awful. And so here's Paul in Rome writing. And as Jewish people began migrating to Rome, and the followers of Jesus began migrating to Rome, some of this old bitterness was kicking off again. And so Paul, in his letter to the Romans, he's writing to the Roman Christians, really, if you will, and they're so bitter, and there's so many fights breaking out. How do we be nice to people we don't like or people that don't like us? And Paul is trying to say, we have to. We have to. In Matthew... 
Jesus, in this particular passage, as I said, said, don't go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. That in Matthew's hands, he's saying, we need to reach out to those who hate us. And how do we prove ourselves? And he says, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Now, all of those are miracles, certainly, but what do they all have in common? Forgiveness. For Jesus to do these miracles and for the apostles, they have to grant forgiveness. And it's in and through forgiveness that the sick are cured, the dead are raised, lepers are cleansed, and demons are driven out. That the notion is, especially in Matthew, it's all about the kingdom of God and building this kingdom. And everybody should be a part of it. But initially, here halfway through the gospel, Matthew was saying, let's concentrate on those who dislike us. Paul says, how do we do this? Remember, Paul's much earlier. And I'm going to tell you, we all talk about Catholic guilt. Well, I want you to know that St. Paul invented it. (laughs) And he's using it here. He says that once we were enemies of Christ. And we were separated from God. And, you know, we were the ones that had in many ways cast God out of our lives through our sinfulness and through other things. But regardless of what we have done to God, God, unlike us, did not quit doing good things for us. God saved us through Jesus Christ. It says, God proves his love for us that while still sinners, that while we were still separated from God, even though we weren't the best of people, Christ still died for us. And and Paul is using this to create a little, on one hand, create a little bit of guilt, but also to say, if Christ can do this for us, then why can't we do it for other people? Now, we all know the deeper, you know, There's people we just don't like for whatever reasons. And there's people who don't like us for whatever reasons. Sometimes there's hurtfulness and pain involved in in that dynamic, but not all the time. But how do we deal with them? We deal with them in light of the body on that cross. That's called sacrificial love hanging on that cross. Whether people liked Jesus, hated Jesus, whether they were the ones there mourning his death or they were there with the hammer and the nails putting him to death, he died for all of them. And Paul is reminding us of that. Before we exclude people, remember that God has never excluded us. Regardless of sins, regardless of wandering away from the church or from God, God has never walked away from us. But rather, we boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And all this miracle stuff that Jesus talks about, that's reconciliation. The bad thing about all of those things that he mentions, the lepers and all of those, 
is that because of their illnesses, they're not allowed to be with everybody else. They have to live elsewhere. They're cast out of the community. And how do they get reconciled to the community? Through forgiveness. Nowhere in here does Paul or Jesus say, give it a shot. It'll be easier than you think. No, we give it a shot and it's harder than we think sometimes. But what's the goal? The goal is to build the kingdom of God. And as long as there is division among us, that kingdom will never be built.